Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. This is a beautiful show today as we talk about lucid dreaming. And my guest today is Robert Wagner. He is the author of the topic on many books. And actually, he discovered lucid dreaming on his own. And we're here to take your questions. You can even share some of your dreams and we can get an analysis of that. We did an introduction course with Robert earlier and that what gave us a beautiful overview of what it means to lucid dream and all of that. So welcome, Robert. Thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. What have you been dreaming lately? What's, <laughs> uh, do you want to share one of your dreams recently or? Oh, you know, um, what I really enjoy is, uh, helping people have lucid dreams to become consciously aware in the dream state for the first time. And uh, recently I was interacting with someone who told me that they just never dream and they don't like to dream, but they want to learn how to lucid dream. And in any case, what happened, I suggested various approach, uh, even to a person who dislikes dreaming. And within a week, they had their very first lucid dream. So, so I always love it when people uh, become consciously aware in the dream state and know that they're dreaming. Yes. Now, um, what is it? What What's required to become consciously aware in the dream state? You know, probably the best place to start is to get into good dream recall. It really helps that every time you wake up in the middle of the night, the first thing you should wonder is, what was I just dreaming? And possibly if you have a dream notebook by your bed, uh, just jot down a few notes so you can remember in the morning or some people like to record it on their app, on their uh, phone. So however you want to do it, make, make a few notes for yourself so you can remember in the morning. That would probably be the very first step. Then the second step is beginning to use some really simple induction techniques on how to induce a lucid dream. Yeah, in inducing the lucid dream, it's very interesting. I think we shared earlier that um, in our introduction course that we did that um, I always see it in hindsight. I always see in hindsight the opportunity that I missed to lucid dream. And um, let's talk about flying because recently, I guess in preparation for this show, recently I did have a dream I've been advancing the ability to jump. It started, I think, probably about five years ago, jumping. Um, or before I even began jumping, I would be in a dream and I would feel, I would feel almost like a cougar, like a or a panther, like I would be running, I, you know, on the ground, and my arms would be used to propel myself forward, and then my legs would kind of get involved, and then. I'd be, I be it, it came into jumping kind of like when you're on a trampoline you would jump on the trampoline and maybe you wouldn't get the right bounce and in the dream space over the dreams the bounce would turn into a more significant bounce a more powerful bounce 
And then the bounce would turn into flying where I could just tip my chin and I could just come on up and start flying. Are those opportunities for lucid dreaming? Uh, you know, I really think they are. A lot of us, uh, when we find ourselves um, like stepping over a mud puddle, but we glide for 10 feet, uh, all of a sudden we realize, boy, that was really strange. And if we think about it, then we have that opportunity to realize, oh, that only happens in the dream. I'm dreaming this. And also the same when we're flying, when we're out there uh, running or jumping or doing something extraordinary where, where we're airborne for far too long. That's a wonderful opportunity to realize uh, that we're dreaming. And, and I do have to say that for many of us lucid dreamers, one of the things that we enjoy the most is flying. When you realize that you're dreaming within a dream, it's such a liberating feeling to, to fly around the dreamscape um, occasionally, people even have reports of flying out to the moon or out into the solar system while consciously aware of doing so. So, so it's really one of those extraordinary uh, experiences. And I think it, on a symbolic level, probably uh, uh, shows how we're letting go of our, our of limits, that we're beginning to accept our grander self, to put it in that way, and, and letting go of, of self-imposed limits. Yes, the self-imposed limits and liberation in the dream space. Why is it important to lucid dream? Why is you that? Know, you know, lucid dreaming has a long history. It, it has been scientifically validated since 1980, but for thousands of years before that, it was used in native cultures as a spiritual technique. And about 2,000 years ago in Buddhism, uh, they developed Buddhist dream yoga, where they basically married lucid dreaming with Buddhist philosophy. And uh, the Indian uh, Buddhist Naropa said that dream yoga was one of the six paths to enlightenment. And you also find it used in Sufism and Taoism and, and just um, almost all around the globe. But I, I think the value of it is... Um, it gives us insight into how things get created. Because in the dream state, in a lucid dream, when you change your beliefs and expectation, you can change the dream experience. So for example, um, if I want to fly through a wall in a lucid dream, but I believe it's gonna be difficult, then oftentimes I'll get stuck halfway through the wall. And, and then I'll think, well, this is crazy because this wall is dream stuff. I should fly right through it and then I'll get through. But what it shows is that little bit of, of doubt, that little bit of hesitancy, that little bit of disbelief is mirrored in the dream state. And you begin to see how much your thoughts, your ideas, your beliefs and expectations help to create your experience in the dream world. But you can also take that and live more lucidly by bringing it into the waking world as well. Yeah, that's very interesting that the it really is a continuation of consciousness, isn't it? When we can, wow, be so aware of the dream space and the dream state that we can control it. I know that is a question. Why is it so important to even lucid dream? But that is... You know, if, if we're going to say when you leave the body after transitioning from the body, it really is directing, it's steering consciousness. And so even into the afterlife or in between lives, 
it gives us a place to go, a place to anchor. So is that what we're doing here? Well, I, I think what it's helpful um, in kind of the after death situation is that you begin to, by virtue of your lucid dreaming, learn how to interact with um, mental projections, projections of the mind, uh, with, with interesting experiences of dealing with light or energy or sound. And by, by practicing in the lucid dream state, then I think it makes it easier uh, to make that transition. But for a lot of us lucid dreamers, we use lucid dreaming to access creativity. We use it for to end recurring nightmares, to for emotional healing. Uh, some lucid dreamers have used it for apparent physical healings. Some have used it to interact with their larger awareness or, or their grander self. And then you can also finally use it for spiritual practices like meditating in a lucid dream. So, so when you get into it, it's an open platform. You, you can do whatever uh, your heart desires in a lucid dream, as long as you've learned how to go about it and how to stabilize the lucid dream. Okay, great. How to learn, learning how to lucid dream and how to stabilize the lucid dream. That's the key point to stabilize the lucid dream. And one of my questions, I'm going to actually put a call out to our audience to share um, if they've had a lucid dream. Robert is here to take your questions, and that is where this conversation gets really rich. But I want to just share that um, perhaps we may not, we may be lucid dreaming and not even be aware that that was a lucid dream. For example, um, well, let's say recently, all right, re just recently, and it did get translated into my life. I had a dream that there were, we were playing tennis. We were, maybe it was a tennis camp. And I kept seeing the back of these women and they would just go so slow. They would just go so slow with the tennis racket when they went to serve and then throw the ball up really straight and then serve. So I took that out into the court and improved the serve of my tennis game, which is really interesting because at the time I didn't think I was lucid dreaming. So what would I need to do there to understand if I was lucid dreaming or how to even stabilize that? Yeah, so, so it's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, there's a wonderful story about how Arnold, Arnold Palmer, the famous golfer, learned a new golf grip in his dream state. And when he woke up, he, he remembered that he had looked at his hands and how they were gripping the, the golf club in the dream. And he, he thought, why not? Why not give it a try? Because he's going through a really rough time in his golf game. And all of a sudden, he started winning tournaments just one after the other after he dreamt of a new grip. But, but to your question, a lot of times um, when we have these experiences, we're somewhat aware we're kind of like sub-lucid or pre-lucid, uh, to, to use a term. We don't fully realize it's a dream, but we realize, hey, they are serving that ball way too slow, and I'm seeing exactly how they're doing it and the results they're getting, but, but we don't fully understand uh, that it's a lucid dream. When we do realize that it's a lucid dream, we can go, oh my gosh, this is a dream. But what we want to do at those moments, we want to uh, do three things. We want to reduce our emotions. So we don't want to get so excited that we pop out. The second thing we want to do is enhance our awareness. So, so we make that dream more stable, that lucid dream more stable. And then the final thing, we want to maintain our focus. 
because if if we lose track of our focus that we're actually within a dream then we'll return to regular dreaming and and so in the course that's what i go through with this kind of three-step process how to really create a very stable lucid dream uh, so that it can go on for for five ten twenty minutes however long you want what is the longest that you've lucid dreamed you know, it, it would be nice to have a counter in the corner uh, giving the time, uh, but I do remember talking to a lucid dream researcher who, who worked at uh, Stanford, and she told me that once in the sleep lab, she watched a lucid dream, dreamer signal with his eyes that he was lucidly aware within the dream. He did it for more than 45 minutes. And so I found that incredible, thinking of somebody who's consciously aware in this alternate realm of dreaming, knowing it's a dream and signaling to the researchers over the course of 45 minutes that they continued with their awareness. Yeah, that seems like a long stretch. If And, and so do we know if that, that person was um, practiced in meditation? Because if, as you say, maintain the focus, Oh my goodness, it's hard to maintain the focus and when, even when we wake up from a dream. And it reminds me of meditation. It's hard to maintain a focus in meditation. So do you know that he was skilled in that well, way? You know, I honestly don't know, but but I, I do agree with you that that in many respects, uh, the lucid dream reflects the mind. And, and so if your mind is stable um, and all, it'll be reflected out there in the lucid dream. But if your mind is darting from this, that to the other thing, all of a sudden, the what you're experiencing is going to be shifting really quickly. So, so part of learning the lucid dream is is learning how to use the mind in, in order to benefit from this state. How to use the mind. Is there a protocol that you use when you go to sleep at night? You know, um, one thing that I think is really valuable is um, to use the nighttime, to use dreaming in a good way. And so, for example, what one uh, suggestion I'll make before I go to sleep is that tonight as I sleep, I'll pull from inner reality all the very best events into my life. So, so, during, so I've already kind of directed myself uh, as I'm dreaming to work in such a way to create a better tomorrow to pull the very best events into all areas of my life. And, and oftentimes I'll find on those days, I'll, I'll have magical events happen, you know, just uh, extraordinary uh, moments of good fortune. I'll be thinking about something and suddenly my wife will appear with the object that I was just thinking about and I didn't even ask her uh, to, to go find that for me. And it's just it's just really, truly magical. So So that's one suggestion that I use just to kind of put my head into a good space as I'm falling to sleep and, uh, and all. But of course, uh, there's other nights when I try to uh, actually induce a lucid dream. And for that, I have other suggestions. <laughs> and we invite everyone to check out Robert's course. Uh, it's, it's a really wonderful course that's packed with information and skills to help you develop lucid dreaming, to understand even more of what it is and why it's so important. I would love for those in our Zoom audience to raise your hand or put in our Q&A box um, anything that you'd like to ask him. And uh, let's see, I have some questions coming in. 
But I was just talking to someone this morning who mentioned that he woke up crying. And it was because he met his mother in his dream. His mother had passed a few years ago. And in this dream, she was uh, in the clinic, in the, in the medical place, and she was fine. But he saw her and he missed her so much that he woke up crying. So this may be a little off topic of lucid dreaming, but this is still, this is more than just a dream, isn't it? Would you consider this a visitation? You know, there, there's um, books that have, that have been written on what they call visitation dreams. And uh, these are dreams where the dreamer meets uh, someone that they know, normally a loved one or relative who's, who's passed away. Now, the interesting thing about it uh, when it comes to lucid dreaming is that when you're consciously aware and you think, oh my gosh, that's Aunt Mary and she passed away three years ago, I must be dreaming now, then that's a golden opportunity to actually interact with that deceased dream figure. Because I'll tell you, either Aunt Mary is there as a representation of your grief and missing her. Or Aunt Mary is probably there to give you a message or to make you uh, insightful about something. And so the best thing as a lucid dreamer, just go over and ask a question, Aunt Mary, what do you have to say to me? And see what they've come to say. Because sometimes lucid dreamers have been totally stunned when they learn something that's outside of their own knowing in the lucid dream and from a deceased dream figure. And in those cases, boy, it really seems like those are visitation dreams. Yes, beautiful. Okay. So then the key element is just this awareness. Again, that's one of the three. It's um, enhancing awareness when you're in the dream state to when you when you see I, I, I've had dreams of loved ones, and they're very profound and really quite miraculous. And I remember one after my stepdad passed, I was actually put off like, no, you're not allowed here in my dream space. But what came from that dream and a series of dreams he kept he kept coming for maybe i want to say three dreams within 10 days of his passing and there was such healing that came uh -huh. there was a lifetime of animosity that was erased and he said nothing it was just an energy and then now i realize he's a guide and at first it was like, no way, you're not. My stepdad, who we were the biggest adversaries, <laughs> you're not in my dreams and you're not my guide. And now I realize, wow, it really is beautiful. And so it's, it's really important to keep that awareness. How would you enhance awareness in the middle of a dream? Right, so there's a number of ways to do it. Um, again, when you become lucidly aware, I really recommend that you stay calm and tell yourself to calm down so you don't get so excited that you wake up. But then if you want to enhance your awareness, there's a few things you could do. Uh, first, you can kind of ground yourself in the dream space by reaching out and touching something. So touch a nearby wall, touch the table, you know, touch another dream figure just to kind of make that space more real. Then you can even put your hands together. And even though they're dream hands, rub them together in the lucid dream. And oftentimes just that sense of your hands rubbing together makes that space seem more real and actual. And then finally, probably the last thing would be, you can even announce within the lucid dream, greater awareness now or more clarity now. 
And it's interesting, uh, oftentimes it'll look like someone turns up the lights in the lucid dream. Even though you didn't say more light, you just said greater awareness, it gets reflected. The awareness gets reflected uh, in the light scheme in, in the lucid dream. So, so those are some of the ways that you can enhance your awareness and, and by enhancing your awareness, help stabilize the lucid dream, help it all seem more real, more actual, more dependable uh, so that you don't pop out. Okay, really the key is just to remember in the dream space to use those tools. How long does it take someone to really put this into practice? You know, it varies so wild, wildly. I, sometimes I'll have a conversation with, the, with someone I've just met, and then the next day they'll tell me, oh, last night I had my first lucid dream. Uh, other times uh, people will really practice and practice, and, and it might take uh, two or three weeks. So, so it, it just kind of depends. Uh, but the first thing, if you have good dream recall, then you're a step ahead. And, uh, and if you are curious, have a great love for dreaming, that helps even more. And you're much more likely to have a lucid dream sooner than later. But uh, that, that's what I try to get across in the course. Uh, the, there's various ways of approaching it. And if you approach it in the proper way, if you play with it, um, then you have more fun with it. For, for example, oftentimes I think of uh, imagination is to waking as dreaming is, is, is to the, the sleeping process. And so I encourage people to use their imagination in the daylight hours to imagine being lucid and therefore have more lucid dreams as well. And so, sometimes I'll imagine myself doing lucid things in the waking state and then that night, what am I doing? I'm doing what I imagined and having fun. And then I become lucidly aware because it's just too wild. Like walking on a telephone wire, you know, uh, yeah, like doing things like that or standing on the hood of a car as I drive down the road uh, during the day. I'll imagine that and then it'll appear in my dreams and I'll become lucid because it just seems so strange. Wow. Okay. So that is uh, living lucidly is to daydream daydreaming well it's it's kind of like conscious daydreaming you know you're you're daydreaming for a purpose you, you just don't go into neutral you you put it in neutral but now you imagine yourself being lucid in this waking environment and, and just see what comes and how much fun that is and i i'm certain that you know when people begin to study this and even if they say i don't recall my dreams they begin to study this, they read your books, they take your course, just that first step of taking your course and participating in it helps them recall their dreams. Oh, normally, that's that's very true. And, and also, it's interesting uh, what you were saying earlier about deceased dream figures. Oftentimes, when people sign up for the course, within the week or two before the dream course starts, the lucid dream course starts, they'll have dreams of interacting with a deceased loved one. And, and I've always found that really interesting. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll often ask people at the beginning of the course, have you had any interesting dreams lately? And so many people bring up, oh yeah, um, I saw my you know deceased grandfather, I saw whomever. And so yeah, it makes you wonder if uh, there's something else going on there. And uh, you know they're they're looking forward to people learning how to become consciously aware in the dream state so that they can engage uh, on a conscious level face-to-face uh, -face and uh, and express what they want to express. It really is our evolution when we explore this realm 
um, uh, you know, even in webinars that we do, uh, the group energy in a webinar, like we'll do a webinar three days in a row and many will, will be in a dream state with the people from that webinar or conference. Uh, really, or if we go on a retreat with a group of people, we'll dream of each other that are in that group. That to me is amazing. So that's energy, that's consciousness continuing in that space of meeting. So we know we know more about it than we can label, let's say, and we or we may not be aware that this is a lucid dream, but there's stuff going on. Okay, right. it's it's interesting that in American history. Um, there were the Native American tribes on the East Coast, uh, like the Delaware Indians in that area. And it was interesting that the way that they selected their next chief wasn't by voting, it was by dreaming. And, and so by virtue of who the tribe dreamt about, that person would become the next tribal chief. And, and so I, I always call that instead of having a democracy, they had a dreamocracy. That, that, you know, they followed their dreams, they believed in their dreams at such a deep level that they used that to pick the next chief. Yeah, I love that. So I want to, we're going to go to questions. I wanted to share really quickly because you brought up something when we were in a retreat in Arkansas. This is the crystalline energy. Um, in Arkansas, Lake Washita has a bed of giant, quartz crystal underneath oh, wow. it. This is one of the items from that area. I dreamt of people, I won't go into the details of it, but people in the dream, it was not so pleasant. People in the dream actually were on the plane the next day with me. Oh. And that kind of got my attention. I was like, oh, that person was in my dream. He was doing that to me in my dream. And that person was in my dream. What's going on there? What is that? You know, sometimes um, dreams give us preview of coming attractions and and uh, kind of give us a heads up about uh, things that are that are happening. So, so, so that that's oftentimes what people will find that, uh, and that was one thing that got me so interested in dreaming as a small child. Um, I would have a dream and someone would say an unusual phrase, and, and then four hours later I'd be on the um, uh, on the at the school uh, playground playing around and some little kid would say that exact phrase that mm -hmm. was so strange at the time in my dream but then when i hear it repeated four hours later so so i think what is what we're learning in some ways is that is that even though we seem disconnected from others even though we seem that you know time and space are all very linear that the actual truth is that it's much more complicated than that and that we have insights and get previews of things that are going to occur, but we just have to be sharp enough and um, paying attention enough to notice it. Yes. And that's what you do to help so many is to become aware and actually work in this continuation of consciousness known as lucid dreaming and living lucidly. Okay, we're going to go to questions now. This one is from Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for your questions. Michelle says, I'd like to ask, I have some very beautiful dreams where I'm in inner earth and clearly a participant. Some dreams are challenging when I'm working through personal things. Some are just very muddled. I very occasionally have a dream where I feel like someone is trying to restrict my breathing. Comments there, Robert. Right. Um, you know, that that's interesting. Um, 
some people um, kind of take a shamanic approach to uh, dreaming and also lucid dreaming. And, and there you have the middle world, the upper world, and the lower world. And sometimes you can kind of decide uh, what issues are being worked on by virtue of the place you find yourself in. So like for me, if I find myself in the basement, uh, normally I'm dealing with some pretty base things, you know, some pretty uh, elemental energies. And, and so I just recognize that. And, and sometimes I'll become lucidly aware because it, it just seems so odd. But what it makes me do, though, is in the waking state, I'll, I'll begin to think, what's going on in my life where things seemed muddy or, or muddled? What's going on in my life where things seem dark? What's going on in my life? And then sometimes it'll come to me, what's going on in my life? And then I'll see the symbolic connection to that dream I had. And sometimes within those dreams, um, you see uh, the future focus, you know, the, the way out, you know, how to resolve things and all. So, uh, you know, having those kind of dreams, uh, all of us have those kind of dreams at some point in our life. Uh, but the, the important thing, though, is to kind of, if you can, uh, wake up to the situation and, uh, and have greater awareness now, more clarity now, watch the area light up and begin to resolve whatever those issues reflect. Yes. What do you do when you have a dream and you wake up with a feeling in the dream that's not so pleasant? That's another area to be aware of, right? Yeah, you know, I, I would say that's very much the case. Uh, sometimes if you wake up and have a sense that there's something, what I do is I will the next night as I'm going to sleep, uh, I'll tell the dream maker or the dream creator that, hey, I didn't understand what happened last night, and I'm not sure. So tonight, make it so simple that even a kindergartner could understand. You know, I just want it so simple that, you know, I, I won't miss the message. And so sometimes if you do have something and you wake up troubled or uncertain, or you really don't get what that dream was trying to tell you, go back the next night and before you go to sleep, ask your dream maker to make it simple. Just make it so simple that anyone would get it. And oftentimes you'll have a resulting dream that's so simple that you go, oh, now I understand. Yeah, okay. And so this brings up another question. When we wake up, in, in like in the early morning, and then we're like, wow, that was a really good dream. We can go back into the dream. That's a right. form of lucid dreaming in a way, is it? Yeah, it sure is. Uh, in, in the course, uh, we have a whole section on what I call dream reentry. Mm. How you can wake up from an interesting dream or whatever kind of dream. And if you know how and use the techniques properly, you can return to the dream uh, while lucidly aware. And it's interesting. It's like, um, it's like a video that skips 10 seconds, but oh yeah, now you're back in the scene. But now you know, hey, I know I'm dreaming this. And so now you have that lucid advantage. So yeah, dream reentry is something that you'll also learn in this course. Okay. Awesome. The link for the dreaming course with Robert Wagner is in the Zoom audience chat box, and it's on this webpage or in the description of wherever you're watching this video. So thank you. Um, you guys check out Robert's course. We're going to talk about it in a minute. It's just a beautiful opportunity for you to continue to work on yourself, on your consciousness, steering your consciousness 
using it for creativity. If you want to write a book or if you need to do some technical things in your business or you want to start something new, this is a beautiful program that will assist you. Again, we'll talk about that more. I have a question from Kelly. Kelly says, I sometimes see sacred geometry when waking from a dream, like I am awake, but still somewhere else. Any ideas on what's happening? You know, that's interesting, Kelly. Um, so one thing that uh, science has shown is that when we wake up in the morning for for about 30 seconds or so, we're still kind of in a dreamy uh, neurological state. Um, so, so that's why sometimes, you know, people, oh, I woke up in the morning and, and I, I saw my deceased aunt was up in the corner of the room or was at the doorway or something like that. Or I woke up in the morning and, and I heard this amazing song or whatever. So, so that, that's not, uh, that, that's not unusual to wake up and also be seeing uh, kind of sacred geometric forms. Um, it's interesting, um, in my own uh, lucid dream life, um, I began to explore so much that on occasion, um, I would be surprised by seeing um, sacred geometry uh, occur. And it was really interesting. I remember the very first workshop I gave, I, I used one of the sacred geometry images as a meditation device. And someone stopped me and, and asked me if I was talking about a certain term. And I, I said, I said I, I've never heard that term before. All I know is that I've seen this in lucid dreaming, but it was a certain uh, Egyptian term that, that people said was, you know, one of the ways that they used to uh, get in touch with the divine. So, so in any case, uh, having sacred geometry occur isn't isn't really that surprising, and I think it shows us especially uh, how deep uh, dreaming and lucid dreaming is, because it gets gets us in touch with deeper portions of our being and um, and all. Finally, uh, I would say there's one thing. Uh, so we all know about mantras, you know, uh, like Om, uh, those kind of mantras. But there's also uh, yantras, which basically are sacred geometry. And so oftentimes what they suggest is that you stare at the sacred geometry form and just by the virtue of looking at it and getting drawn into it, um, you know, you'll move into a meditative state and also sometimes interesting ideas and uh, blockages uh, will be removed and, and all that kind of thing. So, so in the morning, if you want to sketch out that sacred geometry and and uh, kind of try to get in touch with it and see what it might have been trying to say. Very cool. All right, Kelly, thank you for that because you're giving us uh, more insight into even our own experiences. And I know that we want that. Most people are saying, I want to experience that. Okay, cool. Here is a question that from a Zoom user, um, and this is interesting because it's probably happened to many of us. In some lucid dreams, I have experienced a sense of sexual arousal, which has caused me to wake up. Is this a common experience and possibly related to Kundalini or chakra activation? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, so 
So um, a lot of lucid dreamers, uh, after they work through the beginning stages and, and kind of learn to stabilize the lucid dream and begin to explore and all that stuff, so sometimes uh, they'll notice uh, that they have that kind of instinctual sexual energy uh, in the lucid dream space. And sometimes, of course, uh, people act on it, uh, you know, with a, with a, a willing uh, dream figure. But I think what's occurring there is um, sometimes um, what you focus on during the day, that energy is there in your subconscious mind. And so, like, if you focus on solving an engineering problem, that night when you dream, you're going to be at the drafts table trying to figure out the engineering problem, or you'll be standing in the giant machinery trying to figure out the engineering problem. And so during the day, if you if you focus on romantic encounters with other people, uh, don't be surprised that at night, or when you become lucidly aware, that some of that energy is there. And it's it's just there, and you can act on it, or you can do whatever you want to do. Uh, but but that's definitely one of those things that occurs. Whether or not it's Kundalini, I I wouldn't know. Um, I I think if it was Kundalini, then I would think that you would be having other things happen, uh, really profound uh, experiences happen um, uh, in your waking life and, and all together. So so if you have really profound things happening in the waking life a really incredible energy in the waking life uh, at the same time you're having these kind of lucid dreams, uh, th then you're right, they might have to do with Kundalini. But if you don't, th then I would say there's just probably natural energy uh, from your thoughts uh, during the day that have accumulated. Okay, thank you for that. Our next question is, have had many lucid dreams where I've moved objects with my mind flown through the air and levitated. Is this normal? <laughs> you know, it, not only is it normal, it's the kind of fun things that lucid dreamers do and, and what makes them uh, so interested in this area of lucid dreaming. So so I, I think by doing that, you know, it seems really playful, you know, to make things appear, make things disappear, uh, fly around, do just all sorts of interesting things. But in that process of playing around, what we're really doing is learning how to use the mind, learning how to use our beliefs, our expectation, our intent, our focus, and, and see what works and what doesn't work and what works immediately and what takes time and all of that. So, so there's ways of really coming to an understanding of it to, that can really advance you much further. But for example, like when it comes to flying, some people, you know, they can only fly six feet high and other people have a hard time flying. But what I've encouraged people, flip your beliefs. Announce in the lucid dream that in the dream state, there's no such thing as gravity and then see what happens. When you realize that there's no such thing as gravity, then you can fly like Superman and get from point A to point B in, in just seconds and do just incredible things. So a lot of times people don't realize that there's this un, unrealized belief system that, that's kind of slowing them down. And so when you pierce those beliefs, those limiting beliefs, and open up, hey, I'm unlimited, I'm totally free, there's no such thing as gravity here, then you begin to use your beliefs to really achieve an extraordinary things. So, so uh, 
it sounds like you've gotten to a wonderful level, but I want to tell you, there's much, much deeper things you can get into. And, uh, and so I really encourage you to keep going for it. Yes, very good. You helped explain as I was sharing my dreaming about the jumping and how at first it wasn't that good. Those were belief systems of limitations and lack in my life. And as I overcame that, then I began to jump really well and the jumping turned into flying and the flying came on separate occasions, but then the jumping and the flying together was a unique experience and really cool. And I understand the flying too, where, you know, when I first started it, it was not so easy. And then now it's like, I think even last night I had a flying dream. Wow, you just helped me recall that, where it's like you can fly and go so close to the ground and then come back up. So really fascinating how it evolves because our consciousness is evolving. Right. Really remarkable. Right. I, I remember one time uh, hearing a lucid dreamer tell the story of he was flying, 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 going higher and higher. And then he looked down and realized he was so high, he got afraid and he started to fall. And then he almost hit the ground, but then he thought, wait a second, this is a dream. And so he started flying, 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 and then he got really high and, and he fell again. Finally, the third time it happened, a voice told him, doubt is gravity. Ah. And, and it was basically telling him, every time you doubt yourself, every time you have fear that things aren't going to work out right, you help create that condition and things start to fall apart and, and you plummet to the ground. So if you can let go of doubt, if you can adopt an attitude of trust, then then really the sky's the limit. You, you'd be amazed how deep you can go. But again, that's why your beliefs, expectation, your focus, your intent are so important. And, and that, that's why it helps to understand the, the deeper aspects of lucid dreaming to really achieve the full potential. Yeah, it really does help explain the power of this dream space and, and, and our own consciousness and how we can heal ourselves and make ourselves stronger and all the others that you talked about, the creativity and all of it. Okay, very, very good. Great. A next question would be, can you differentiate the difference between astral projection versus lucid dreaming? Both seem to be conscious experiences where we are intentionally creating our reality. Right. Yeah, that's a wonderful question. So oftentimes people will use out-of-body experiences and astral projections as one thing and then the lucid dreaming as something else. And I do think phenomenologically they're, they're different. So I tell people that it's kind of like a, the difference between a house cat and a mountain lion. They're both from the same genus family, but when you get down to the particulars, uh, you want a house cat at home and not a mountain lion, uh, you know, walking around your house. So here, here would be some of the differences. Um, a lucid dream, of course, you realize within a dream, you're dreaming. But a lot of times people report out-of-body experiences or astral projection when they're having a medical condition like a heart attack. All of a sudden, they're floating at the top of the doctor's uh, ceiling looking down at their you know, lifeless body that the nurses and the doctors are trying to revive back to life. And so that's not really becoming aware within a dream that you're dreaming. Uh, I mean, that's having a serious medical condition where you, where you might uh, be getting ready to pass. Other times people talk about when they fall asleep, all of a sudden they'll start to hear this humming and buzzing around their body. And, and they'll think, what's, what's going on with me? And sometimes a minute later, they'll realize that they're seeing their bedroom from, you know, six feet above their bed. 
and, and how are they doing that? And so oftentimes that is the onset of, of an out-of-body experience. You'll have that humming and buzzing experience. And then you'll see the room from high above you. So again, you didn't really realize within a dream that you're dreaming. Um, you just began to have these interesting sensations. And uh, all of a sudden, um, you're aware and your awareness seems to be outside of your body. Now, it's interesting, the kind of the grandfather of out-of-body experiences, Robert Monroe, he said the fundamental difference between lucid dreaming and out-of-bodies is that an out-of-body is a stable environment. But in a lucid dream, it reflects your mind. And so you look at a clock in a lucid dream, and it says it's 1232, then you look away, then you look back, oh, and now it's 1947. I was like, what? You know, how did that time change? But he said, in an out-of-body experience, you're in a much more stable environment. So obviously, they're they're distinct. But you're right. Uh, principles of reality creation occur both in lucid dreaming and out-of-bodies, and also the waking experience. And, and so there there are some similarities. There's some threads that run between all of them. But I think of the two uh, situations as as distinct. Okay, great, thank you. There's a follow-up to that, which says, then there's remote viewing. Another right. variation? Yeah, you know, remote viewing is a, is another interesting um, uh, process where um, someone might give you a target that you're to meditate on and get into a meditative state and then things will start coming to you. Sometimes people will have the sense of literally traveling and then seeing the place, and then they'll come back and, and sketch it down. And so this was something that the Department of Defense studied for a number of years in their Stargate program. In, in fact, I, I'm uh, friends with one of the uh, heads of that program, uh, Dale Groff, uh, who worked for the Department of Defense and ran that program for a while. So, so it's interesting. Um, I, I've read some of the books by uh, Jane Roberts uh, called the Seth books, the Seth material. And, and how the way that she would approach all of this is saying that all of these are examples of projections of consciousness, you know, whether it's remote viewing, lucid dreaming, OBEs, astral projection, they're all projections of consciousness, but they're different types of projections. So, so that, that's how I think is a good way of thinking about it. And so expand our consciousness by learning how to develop these practices. Right. Again, I want to direct everyone to Robert's um, course. It's in our Zoom chat box and on this webpage. You'll find it. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Here is our last question or comment uh, from Joseph. I didn't know what lucid dreaming was. I was dreaming my father was pushing my uncle Tom in his wheelchair, and it was so vivid. And a week later, my uncle passed. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, th those kind of experiences really make you wonder because uh, does the unconscious just pick up things and put it together for us to experience in the dream? Or do we actually pick up a sense of foreknowing and we get a sense of, of what's coming and see it symbolically portrayed? Um, you know, I, I think there's a little bit of both of that going on, but it, it sounds like uh, Joseph... Uh, got a heads up of, of what was going to come. You know, I, I did want to say, uh, Lauren, that this past year, 
on January 1st of the year, I had a lucid dream when I met my deceased mother-in-law. And I, I was so stunned. This was the first time I, I think I've seen my deceased mother-in-law since she passed uh, probably 10, 12 years ago. And she came up to me and I, I became lucidly aware because this was just too wild. And, and she came up to me and she goes, I want you to know that September will be a very difficult month. And, and I joked with her and I said, well, well, Nona, if you think it's going to be difficult, I'm sure it's going to be difficult. And she goes, no, I want you to understand that September is going to be a very difficult month. And when I woke up, I thought, oh, my gosh, uh, Nona is telling me that my own mom is going to pass away. And so the last weekend of August, my wife and I uh, drove eight hours to go visit my mom and got to spend time with her. And then that next, uh, the first weekend in September, uh, she passed away. And so th that's why, you know, paying attention to your dreams is really super important. And especially when you ever have that encounter with the deceased dream figure and you become lucid, go and interact with them. Go ask them, you know, what do you have to say? And if they truly are a visitation, then you'll probably receive some important information. But for me and my wife, it was a wonderful experience because we got to see my mom the, the final weekend that she was around. And uh, my mom made it to 98. And so, you know, if you, if you haven't done it by 98, I don't know if you're ever going to do it. So, so she lived, lived a good long life and, uh, and, and really was something special. That's an amazing story. Was that in the back of your mind when you went to go see your mom? Oh, no. yeah. I, I, I was quite certain that we had to go in August and visit my mom. Okay. I just had that sense. And, uh, and then my wife was really, she really wanted to be part of it too, because I, I told her why I had this feeling. It was because of the lucid dream of interacting with my, my wife's uh, deceased mother. And so, so we, we had a wonderful time and it was great. But again, when we become good at lucid dreaming and, and begin to learn uh, things, then we can really benefit from it for our own good. Yeah, yeah, really good. Okay, um, here's a question from Pamela. I have had one incredible lucid dream about a year ago. Any tips on what I can say to myself to obviously change whatever beliefs I may have going on that are preventing me from having any more? <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting. Um, so, so for, first, we, we got to rule out the uh, simple things like, uh, you know, have you taken on more job responsibilities? Is your life more hectic now and you can't pay attention to your dreams? Are you taking a medication, you know, here in the past year that actually inhibits dream recall? And, and so if you say no to all of that, then sometimes I ask people to look at that last lucid dream, because sometimes in lucid dreams, uh, what I would call our larger awareness is trying to encourage us to grow, uh, but we're too afraid and, and you know, have our foot on the brake and, and or it's, it's brought up something that, that we should do and, and we just don't want to go along with the program. And so sometimes I find that people uh, subconsciously inhibit their lucid dreaming because of just that, that, oh, in my last lucid dream, I was encouraged to grow, but oh, I don't want any of that. I just want the fun lucid dreams of flying around and, and having fun. So, so I, I would really ask you, uh, Pamela, to, to check into that and, and see what was the message in that last lucid dream? And have you listened to it and responded to it? Because I think if you do and begin to focus on lucid dreaming, um, th then it'll come back uh, just naturally. 
Uh, that's a key point. Um, responding and uh, focusing and, and continuing to work with that lucid dream, taking the medicine from it, taking the lesson from it. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. And this is an interesting one. I, I resonate with this um, caller's question. I have had ET encounters both in lucid dreams and OBEs. Are ET encounters common? Yeah, this is a really an interesting one. And, and just like the whole ET thing, you'll have people from all over, uh, some people saying yes, definitely. And other people know it's imagination of the mind. Um, it's interesting. Um, sometimes um, a therapist or, or a dream worker might interpret an alien dream as asking, you know, what's alien within myself or, or why do I feel like an alien, you know, in my relationships with so-and-so or something like that. And, and so we, we always have to look at that part of it too. But, but it is interesting. There's some wonderful historical examples. Uh, there's one tribe in, in Western Africa who knew everything about this star system out in out in the cosmos. I mean, a literal star system, and, and it was a binary star, and they knew everything about it, even though, of course, they had never had telescopes, they had never had any of that, you know, high-tech data. But once the once the people pulled out the telescopes and all they saw, oh yeah, that is a binary star, and that is, you know, it was exactly what the tribe was saying. So it does make you wonder on occasion, um, you know, what's what's the actual nature of things? And also it's interesting in the last uh, couple of last couple of years, uh, various Department of Defense people from around the world have convened conferences to talk about all these unexplained, unexplained flying objects. Because not only is it happening, you know, in the US, it's happening all around the world. And it was really interesting to see a, a whole group of, you know, like 30 top defense officials from all around the world uh, talking about it. Because obviously, you know, they're concerned about, you know, the defense uh, of the world. And, and so they have a natural concern. But obviously, every one of them had seen the data, they'd seen the evidence and, and came to view it uh, in, a, in a thoughtful light. So, so it's interesting. Uh, boy, if I was having a lucid dream and had one of those encounters, I, I would try to ask some questions and figure out, you know, what, what's the message here? What, what, is, what am I being taught or what am I supposed to learn? Beautiful. Thank you. Well, you work with people to assist them in this process, and we're going to talk about your course and in our final moments here. Tell us about your lucid dreaming course, uh, learning to lucid dream and live lucidly. Right. So, th so this is really an intensive two-week course. There's a lot of videos uh, that a person can watch um, over and over, of course, to, to learn the lessons of lucidity to learn how to induce lucid dreams, how to stabilize the lucid dreams, and then how to use it to do those incredible things like access creativity, use it for emotional healing, use it for physical healing, use it to encounter a larger awareness, and, and also learn how to live more lucidly, live with greater mindfulness, greater awareness. And so it goes on for two weeks. Uh, we have uh, two Zoom sessions in those two weeks where we just open it up for any question that you might have. And, and again, I am all in for you learning how to lucid dream or become a better lucid dreamer. So uh, 
you know, I I am definitely in the Zoom to to help people advance. But it's a it's kind of a crash course. It's wonderful for beginners and intermediates to help them uh, become better lucid dreamers. Awesome. Thank you so much. So that two week period with the live Zoom calls is coming up. People can check the link that is in the uh, box here. Actually, I'll put it one more time. There's the link for everyone to find it quickly and check it out. If this resonates with you, if you'd like to expand your consciousness and work with lucid dreaming in this way and in your life, in your creativity, expanding consciousness really is the name of the game here and robert is willing and able to work with you what a marvelous gift that you've put together here for everyone thank you for that uh as we say goodbye is there any other comments that you'd like to share today you, you know I, I just want to encourage everyone if you have an interest uh, please feel free to join me and if you're a person who uh has struggled with dream recall um, you know, try to pump up that dream recall muscle and uh, make it a priority before you go to sleep. But I look forward to seeing some of you at the uh, Lucid Dreaming Conference, and uh, I really appreciate the time uh, to talk about it. Pump up the dreaming, pump up the dreaming, <laughs> dance, dance. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. We hope that you take this opportunity to work with Robert and his beautiful program that will advance your skills in your life. What a beautiful mastery tool for you that's available. Robert, thank you so much for being here. We really are so appreciative of your time, your wisdom, and your sharing. Thanks. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Namaste. Thank you for listening to this quantum conversation and thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart as we raise our own vibration we raise the vibration of the planet this show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love access all quantum conversations special offers from our guests and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music, available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste.